Hello and welcome to this NLive's Open for Business podcast platform. My name is Adrian Price, the guy from the university, as I keep saying, with the perfect face for radio. And I host a show every Tuesday from 7 to 9 p.m. called Open for Business. Open for Business celebrates the very best of business in Northampton and Northamptonshire and brings together business, civic, charity and indeed academic leaders to talk about the business environment, to talk about initiatives and projects, especially where, they're, where they are all working together for the good of the community. So enjoy these extended interviews on this podcast. They're now set up as a standalone for you to savour and uh, to learn from some of the movers and shakers in the county. Enjoy. Well, we like to feature, um, you know, uh, colleagues from the university from time to time so that uh, p- people in Northampton, Northamptonshire and beyond can understand how a university works, all the bits, how they all fit together. And we're going to be, uh, we are interviewing all the three deans. We have three faculties and three deans. So um, I'd like to welcome now Dr. Jacob Saranga, who is the Dean of the Faculty of Health, Education and Society. Um, Jacob, welcome to the show. That's uh, quite a lot of areas you cover there, uh, health, education and society. But before going into more detail, what does the dean do? What is the role of the dean in a, in a university? Thanks, Adrian. Um, the role of the dean is, uh, is basically to oversee the strategic direction of the faculty and future proving the business of the faculty for the next two to three years and make sure that the programs and the provision within the faculty is aligned to its core mission and vision and ensure that the staff have the resources, human and capital resources to deliver those programs and deliver an outstanding student's experience to our students, but also look at um, areas for um, development within the faculty, which, which can be and for example, um, you know, a social impact on, on the community and beyond, um, business development, uh, uh, provision for uh, stakeholders to upskill and reskill uh, uh, themselves in order to progress within their jobs or find new jobs. So it's mainly to look at the overarching business of the faculty from an education perspective, um, and drive that forward um, uh, for the next three to five years uh, uh, and obviously look at reiteration of, of that direction as the sector changes, the higher education sector, but also the health, social care and education sector changes uh, in response to government policies. Okay, so you've moved into really a divisional um, you know, chief executive role in many ways, right? You're responsible for the budget for the faculty, etc. What's been your sort of career path, Jacob, to where you are? Because I guess it's more management now than teaching, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I started my career um, as a clinician. So I'm a uh, physiotherapist by training and background and still consider myself as that. So that's my professional stance. Um, I practice in the NHS uh, for three years or so and then moved into higher education and started at Coventry University as a senior lecturer uh, in physiotherapy. And then within within Coventry University, moved up to more leadership and management roles uh, in the form of a program leader, divisional leader, associate head of department, 
um, and, and fulfill various aspects of the uh, de uh, department business. And I was mainly um, relate, uh, you know, involved in partnership development overseas. Um, after 15 years at Coventry University, I've decided that I want to obviously change um, location and, and look at other opportunities. So I moved into Warwick University, into the medical school, and uh, um, was appointed as the director of quality at Warwick Medical School um, and moved into exploring the medical education side of health, uh, which opened up a lot of other um, opportunities for me to understand how health and medicine interchange and interact uh, or interface, to be honest. Um, and after two years at Warwick, uh, um, Warwick University, uh, the job at Northampton um, uh, came up as a head of health professions, which aligns to my background, my values, my professional uh, stance. So I applied for that and started the job uh, at Northampton at March 2017. And since then, obviously, um, fulfill other roles as the associate dean of the faculty, then the deputy dean of the faculty, and in December 19, appointed as the Dean of the Faculty as a result of the uh, previous Dean retirement. Okay, well, on relatively fast track, certainly within the University of Northampton. Now, we used to have six schools. I don't know if that was the case when you first joined us. And now we're down to three faculties. So, you know, what's the rationale, health, education and society then? Um, so when you, look, when you look at the programs delivered in, in those areas, there are a lot of opportunity for cross-fertilization between those programs. So in terms of health and education, there's quite a lot of uh, overlap in terms of, for example, the mental health aspect of, uh, of infants and pupils and, and the ability to influence that and shape that. Uh, we have all the health programs, as you can imagine, they are very aligned uh, to one another in terms of the uh, uh, patients that they see in the interprofessional aspect of their operation. So that really sits uh, well, you know, uh, uh, well together as a coherent uh, provision. And we also have um, a, a psychology and sociology uh, within the faculty and, and all of the um, early years uh, and education studies. So um, the, the reason to bring them together was probably organizational reasons, but all of those uh, um, programs are regulated by professional and regulatory bodies, which makes sense to sit within one faculty with the expertise to manage that. But also, the, as I said, the cross-fertilization and the opportunities to develop multidisciplinary and interdisciplinary programs rather than operating silos is, is vast. And that's something that I put as one of my um, aims and goals for, for the next three years is to make sure that that happens within the faculty and we um, develop programs and provisions that is unique that draws upon all those expertise within the faculty. Yeah, no, indeed. Well, you know, there's um, a lot going on. What are your sort of star programs then, or the biggest programs that you've got? So um, obviously all of the program are star programs. Mm. Um, um, we, we have different size and shapes to the programs. Um, uh, you know, our, our biggest provision uh, within the faculty is health. 
we have uh, uh, multiple programs ranging from nursing, midwifery, occupational therapy, physiotherapy, paramedics, podiatry, uh, that, that has the biggest uh, number of students on uh, as a whole within the faculty. Um, and as I said, obviously all of the programs are important, have a, a, a style program, but I would probably take this opportunity to mention, you know, the, the, the health uh, professions programs that, um, uh, were, were the ones that um, bear the brunt of, of the pandemic that, um, you know, the NHS and the Department of Health drew upon uh, in the hour of need when they call upon our third year students mm. uh, to move into the front line to uh, strengthen the uh, workforce in NHS trusts and across the sector to provide a, a, an adequate and, and rapid response to the pandemic. So, for example, our third year nurses, our third year, para, uh, third year paramedics and, and occupational therapy were um, uh, placed um, uh, in the last six months of the programs in NHS Trust to uh, allow those uh, nurses there to do what they need to do in terms of uh, um, intensive care and critical care and for those students to obviously shadow that, to, to have a shadowing experience and fulfill other roles uh, to allow those experienced clinicians to, to do their um, very important job at the time of, of need. Well, yes, you've certainly played a key role, I think the university has as a whole, but your faculty in terms of the pandemic, working, I would imagine, very closely with the local civic authorities. Um, across the piece, Reza, and indeed, what else have, have we done to support the pandemic? Uh, I think there's several other things other than our students in the hospitals now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so one of the areas that the, the faculty uh, has a key role is um, testing overseas nurses uh, um, as as a future uh, an additional workforce to to, uh, um, to to our trust partners and uh, in the region and across the country. So um, our um, test of competence uh, center um, has uh, obviously uh, had been affected uh, due to the first national lockdown and we had to close that. But since reopening, we have expanded our operations to include weekend working um, Saturdays and Sundays to allow um, us to respond to the um, increased demand uh, for those nurses that are were in training to allow them to be tested, get onto the permanent register of the uh, Nursing and Midwifery Council, and then obviously um, swiftly into the front line to be able to support uh, trust across uh, the country in response to the pandemic. I would also like to mention the, uh, you know, our, our education provision that obviously supported schools and communities uh, around uh, the uh, around Northamptonshire and beyond. And for our um, other uh, program like psychology that provided a lot of support to our community in terms of uh, toolkits for mental health and coping with uh, um, lockdown. So that was done online, engaging uh, uh, members of the public free of charge to look at various coping strategies and toolkits to support individuals who found the, uh, you know, the framework of lockdown quite uh, challenging. Mm. Oh, indeed. Well, so many, many touch points then. So it's not just about students coming into us. It is literally you are reaching out and supporting the, um, the local community. 
Um, rough numbers uh, of faculty and number of, of students. Uh, Jacob, I don't want to put you on the spot, but uh, just to give a sort of sense order of magnitude. Absolutely. So um, I don't have the figures to hand, but, but a rough estimation is that the faculty has um, around 450 to 500 members of staff, depends on the time of the year that you look at. We recruit um, around 1,100 new students a year. So overall, over three years, we have between 4,000 to 4,500 students, including postgraduate provision as well, and our uh, PhD students and professional doctorate students. So it's, it's a big faculty, uh, but the um, structure of the faculty is as such that the senior management of the faculty alongside the subject leaders, the deputy subject leaders, program leaders, and all the members of the team is, uh, is, is uh, structured to, to provide support to each other um, each colleagues as well as students and and the, the, their operation during the past 15 months was outstanding I must state in terms of coming together and putting hands to 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 the task getting on with the task and and really making sure that our students had the best experience that we could provide as long, as well as supporting colleagues um, in a virtual world that we had to adapt very quickly, moving to as a result of the um, uh, March lockdown last year. Mm. Do you think we're going to um, return to normality or have lots of things changed as a result of what you've learned over the past 12 to 15 months? Well, well, certainly the, 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 the case numbers and the vaccination programs uh, suggest that we are on the right trajectory. Uh, to get uh, um, to some sort of normality. What that would look like, it's hard to predict at the moment. And we are obviously looking at the um, um, government uh, roadmap and obviously responding to that in, in relation to what we can and can't do in, in the sector. Um, but um, I think the, 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 the path is, is positive. And we are looking to regain uh, some sort of uh, relaxations and more um, freedom um, personally, but also uh, in, in the future for, for the start of the new academic year. But it's, it's quite premature to predict the future because we are on, obviously dependent on the data and the government roadmap. Yeah, no, indeed. So just to change gear slightly, then, um, what are you know what are the um, main skill sets needed to be a dean? Then you know in your in your eyes. Oh, that's a very good question. Um, you need to have um, you know the the um, obviously the skill set uh, build up uh, over a certain period of time in different roles in the HE sector. Now that would be. Um, um, a very generic, um, a, a, I would say, statement. But to be a dean of a faculty of health, you need to have a, an experience dealing not only with the higher education sector, but understanding the the landscape that you work with, um, and, and being it the you know the the the, uh, the department of education, the primary education uh, um, sector, um, you know the earlier sector, social care, social work. Um, nursing and so on and so forth. So you need you need to build that experience. You need to have the links with 
the right individuals uh, and the right stakeholders uh, for, for the sector that you work in. You need to build good relationship and understand people's roles, not only within the university, but mainly outside the university. You need to understand the uh, research uh, agenda for, for, for that uh, particular um, area. Um, and, and fulfill roles and gain the experience and confidence and building up to, to that trajectory. Um, I was fortunate that I had a, a, a fantastic mentors along my career who had uh, the vision and, and the, the ability to guide me through career progression and career trajectory and point me in the right direction. And so I think mentorship uh, is very important. And when you look at... Um, future-proofing the faculty and, and, uh, and building up capacity for the future, um, then, then mentorship is, is one thing that is, is key for individuals who might want to follow that path. So it's very hard to say what you need um, because I certainly didn't uh, build my career trajectory to get from, one, from point A to point B, it happened. But I had the skill set behind me that I was, you know, confident that I had the experience, I had the ability and the capability to apply for, for jobs that obviously took me in, the, in, in that direction. Indeed. Well, look, obviously, um, a very successful, thriving faculty. It's come into its own in terms of its uh, social impact, its help and support for the community at a, at a time of crisis. Um, Dr. Jacob Saranga, Dean of the Faculty of Health, Education and Society. Thank you ever so much for coming on the show and giving some insights into your role and the faculty. Um, keep safe, keep well, and keep up the great work. Thank you very much, Adrian. And just, just before we finish, can I just take this opportunity to thank all the colleagues within the faculty and the university for the support and resilience, innovation, and outstanding performance over the last uh, eight, uh, 15 months during this testing time. So thank you. Well, I'm sure that will be very much appreciated. Thank you indeed. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that interview. There are plenty more here on the podcast platform. And of course, you can always listen on uh, live on Tuesday evenings from 7 to 9 p.m. on NLive Radio 106.9 FM or digitally via nliveradio.com. Um, if you'd like to know more about the radio station, please do look at nliveradio.com. And um, we're always looking for support from the community and further afield. So if you'd like to support us, please go to nliveradio.com slash support us. So until next time, thank you very much again for listening.